0: Welcome back, podcast audience, to another episode of the MC Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Crabtree. Thanks for having me. I guess I'm joined by uh, so Kyle Vosberg.
1: What what's your, what's your title? Give me your title here. Uh, Product portfolio manager is that my sounds awesome. running running title.
0: He picks the hybrids, and how, you know, basically, you you bring the hybrids from development into commercialization. Yep, you are the bridge from research to selling. Correct. Yep. Uh, Kyle's been on the podcast. If you watched us previously over the years, Kyle's been on several times. I'm glad to have you back. Thanks. Glad how about to be we back. do this? Uh, how about how about you sit there a little more permanently? Fine by me. It'll be fun. Um, so this is the one, two. This will be the fourth podcast we've done from. From lockdown, quarantine, shelter in place, stay home—whatever you want to call it, however you want to slice it—what yep. um, have you been? How have you been keeping yourself during this stay-at-home time? Pretty good. Pretty good. Clearly, you're keeping your beard tight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pretty good. Um, very uh, proactive. If you're listening to this on the uh, the audio version and you're not watching with video. Uh, Kyle looks right, right about now, like somebody that like
1: a true life Netflix series would be about. Correct. Yeah. Like if you were like asked questions post conviction. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like you've been convicted, you've served time in the state penitentiary. Yeah. Yeah. Post mugshot. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But no, it's been good. It's been, uh, definitely productive. I think it's taught us how to, uh, actively communicate without being in the office, uh, which allows communication whenever, it seems like. Yeah, uh, my, yeah the hours of you, operation have brought a little Thank you, Microsoft bit. Teams, for that. Yeah. Uh, but it has been really productive, honestly. It's totally normal for us.
0: Uh, one of the things I, I think
1: I think uh, Scott and I talked about on a different episode, I think one of
0: the things that I've learned is that, uh, that one of the things that this time has given me is more time with my family, less busyness, less... You know, like even when you're spending time with your family and things are busy, you're going from here to there to this kid's yeah. thing to that kid's thing to whatever event. and But to just spend time hanging out at home when yeah. the biggest event of the night is what we're going to eat for dinner. And watching Usually Netflix. what I'm putting on my yeah. Traeger Grill and what brutal kids movie my kid's going to put on after dinner. Right, exactly. So lots of good that's come from it as well as obviously the bad. Um, we are going to... So, so all these podcasts right now have been kind of topical, um, right now, the topic of the day, topic du jour, if you will, is planning populations and flex genetics. Are you qualified to talk about planning populations and flex genetics? No. More qualified than Aaron behind the camera? Doubtful. No.
1: (laughs) I'll say yes. (laughs) yes. Yes. Yes to both.
0: Um, so we talk about planting populations. It's, it's that time of year right now where some guys are planting in certain parts of the country, and if they're not planting now, they're going to be doing it really soon. Uh, when you're looking at what planting population you're going to plant right now, broad strokes, just generally speaking, what is kind of the industry standard across the board for planting populations?
1: Yeah, I would say for a standard you're looking at anywhere from now, this is from a 30-inch row perspective, 32 to 34,000. It seems like there's a, an even ground there that that most guys fall somewhere into that. I mean, I think you could push yourself to 36 if you wanted to, um, but if I was talking just industry standard, 30-inch rows, that's kind of the the average.
0: Now, I know in recent years, we've seen some of those numbers climb up. What are some of the more extreme situations on the high end, you know, like, I've, I've heard some big numbers in the past, but like, what, like, what are some guys pushing to on the extreme end and what would be the justification for that?
1: So as the market moved towards what we consider more fixed ear genetics, which is basically a plant's ability to, no matter what the planting population, as long as soil nutrients and the environment is correct, then you can get the same, typically the same size ear on every single plant. Um, I mean, I've heard is... I've been to CCA meetings as extreme as in the 50s, uh, 50,000 plants per acre. Um, But really anywhere, what I consider high population, 42 to 48, anything that falls in that 40,000 plants per acre is fairly high population.
0: And when we're looking at kind of a historical view, you know, over the last 20 years, last 30 years, is that trend gone up? Are we seeing populations in general trending up or has it kind of stayed the same or leveled,
1: even gone down? (sighs) I think it's fluctuated. I really don't think that there has been a a big trend towards moving up. I think it has become more common, and we're hearing more about it. But I don't I don't see it as an actual trend.
0: So maybe not trending up, but you just hear more stories of just those right. odds and end guys that are it's doing more the vocal extremes than it was okay. before. Um, you you mentioned um, determinant ear versus flex ear. So big big topic of today is those flex genetics, those determinant right. genetics. Maybe before we do anything else, let's just define those. So, what 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 is the purpose of a determinant genetic, and what is the purpose of flex
1: genetics? Yep. So, the, the purpose of a fixed genetic is, like I said, if if the environment, the nutrient package, and all of the boxes are checked correctly, then each and every plant within that population should create um, the same size ear. Um, you know, so you're gonna get basically a relative idea of where you're going to be at yield wise based on the population that you believe that that soil structure can handle. Flex ear genetics are a little bit different. It allows you to kind of um, associate population with the overall size of the ear. So as you typically in flex genetics, as long as the environment and the nutrient packages are right, the more you back off the population, the more that that ear can flex itself to its true potential. Um, And now everything that we look for in a master's choice bag is going to be Either flex or semi-flex varieties, and why are we doing that? Well, w- one, um, you know, it allows for a little bit broader range of yield from a silage standpoint, um, and then also we believe that it it only helps with our starch percentages, um, specifically related to dry matter. So starch is a percentage of dry matter, um, and we've just found that those genetics tend to work better in a um, nutritional feeding environment.
0: So I want I want to put a pin in the nutrition aspect of this, and we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, As you're looking at determinant versus flex, um, you know, compare the yields. Specifically, you know, it almost seems to go a little bit against conventional wisdom to say I'm going to plant less seeds, but I'm going to get the same you know the same yield. Yeah. Uh, Maybe like what what can you expect from a yield perspective?
1: I mean, it really depends. Like again, it depends on environment, but you're going to your hope is that you'll see relatively similar yields. Um, now, backing off on population, um, you obviously need to make sure that hybrid se- selection and variety type are are perfect for you um, and work well on your ground. But you're hoping that in backing off population, you'll knock on the door of something with maybe a little bit more fixed variety at a higher planting population.
0: And another another factor I wanted to talk about, and I've got my notes here, is Uh, if we're, if, you know, in a year, if you're worried about, if you're worried about water or if you're not on any kind of an irrigation, do, do the flex hybrid genetics, do they give you a little bit more leeway there or or are they about the same?
1: They're about the same. I mean, water is water. Um, I, I still think water is important and you're going to have to have it in either one. Um, now hopefully, you know, uh, you get a little bit more drought tolerance out of some of your flex varieties, you'd hope. Um, but that's more of a selection thing than it is really, you know, based on flex or semi-flex. Very cool.
0: Um, we talked about, you You kind of started to allude to the nutrition aspect of this a little bit. Um, what is it that we, that we have seen or do see from a nutrition side when you back down populations?
1: So in the past, we've studied on, in a relation to fiber digestibility. So What we have found through a couple years of testing, it was, you know, uh, multiple years back to back, um, was that as we decrease population, fiber digestibility, specifically NDFD30 and other fiber factors started to increase. And so with that belief and understanding is that as you crowd plants, lignin begins to develop, undigestible fiber begins to develop, um, and it can have a negative impact on your overall forage quality.
0: And what planting populations are we, are we talking about there? Like what would be kind of the sweet spot for nutrition?
1: Typically, I mean, we've got some products all the way down to maybe 24,000, 26,000. Um, there's a couple of things that we recommend. Um, we do tend to find that sweet spot right around the 28 to 30, it seems like um, that tends to be the sweet spot for us, um, and a lot of our products, but that's, uh, you know, that's going to give you the starch digestibility. You're going to still want to develop a big ear. I mean, you got to remember 65% of your corn silage. Um, we believe 65% in that ballpark of corn silage is the ear um, in overall weight. So you really want to make sure you put on a big ear and make a big plant. So you want to have both. So
0: kind of to summarize a lot of what we're talking here, give me, uh, you know, a recommendation what would what would master's choice for a master's choice flex hybrid what do you what would do your perfect planting population you know obviously there's a lot of factors that go into that but just kind of generalize where do, where do you get high enough populations to maximize yield low enough populations to let that plant flex you know like where are you seeing like that sweet spot where you can plant that hybrid get really similar yields to a determinant year yeah and and maximize nutrition at the same time
1: well, I mean, it's, it's going to all start right from the beginning. You're going to want to make sure, um, you know, I even had a conversation this morning about um, is, is your pre-plant program the best for you? Like um, which and by that, I mean, like, are, do you no till because it's what you do in your area or do you know till because it's actually what's best for your ground? Um, just north of us, I mean, everybody does some stor- sort of tillage, right? And you're not going to stop people from tillage. Is that the best program for your ground or is it not? Mm-hmm. Um, or is it just what everybody around you does and you're going to do the same thing? So understanding your program, understanding your weed control, um, because that is one part of it. If you're going to plant less plants per acre, you need to understand that there's a possibility of a little bit more uh, sunlight directed towards the ground early on. So you're going to want to make sure you have row shading. Um, but you know, if you have those things covered, if you have a good weed management program, if you have a good, uh, overall ground, uh, either tillage or non-tillage program, you know, I'd like to be, I would pick a hybrid where I could probably be somewhere floating around that 28 000 to 30,000 plants per acre, um, and make sure I've got something with good ground cover, good leaf, uh, exposure early on. Uh, we, we put it on our, on our tech sheets, um, some, not so much semi upright, but maybe a, uh. Um maybe more of a horizontal leaf structure. Um, I would pick something with that. Uh, and then something that's going to give me a big flexing ear. Um, when you're talking about flex versus determinant
0: from a silage perspective, um, do you see more more
1: tonnage with one versus the other? It depends. It really does. I mean, you would you would want to see a larger tonnage from a less used, you want to lower the amount of seeds planted per acre and hopefully see more tonnage. Um, now, if I'm using fixed-year genetics and I'm, and I'm doing the right things and I've got the management and I'm, I'm throwing it to, you know, population, if I've got it, I'm going to make a big pile of silage. Is that going to be the most nutritious? You'd have to look at a test. I mean, you'd have to know, like, you know, you've got to kind of look at some of those genetics. Typically, uh, you don't seem to find a lot of the softer endosperm genetics out of some of those lines. Um, but if you look close enough, I'm sure that there might be some there, but you know, from a standpoint, you're just, if you are using those type of fixed year genetics, you're probably looking to just make a big pile of corn to feed, right? You're not looking at something that you're, um, you know, maybe, maybe nutrition isn't the top quality, top thing you're looking for. You just need a big pile of corn. um, which is understandable. You know, you can, you can push genetics and you can push them to do that. Um, Now you're going to spend a little bit extra throwing nitrogen to it, um, which is something we like to do with the flexes, maybe back off a little bit if you don't need it um, and kind of let the, uh, the ground and the organic matter do its own work. But um, those are kind of the two options you have.
0: Very cool. Um, this has been good to kind of get some of these differences between the two and just some information and education out there. Uh guys are going to be going into the ground with corn soon if they haven't already. Right. Um shifting gears just a little bit. Uh what are your got any recommendations for those guys going to the ground? You know, what's your what's your final advice before
1: before uh, planters hit the hit the soil? Don't rush it. Um this is, you know, I've been having conversations um, with guys and, and family members who are getting ready to get around that time. Don't don't rush it. Um, it's still April. Um, if you are in the ground, you know, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you got in early. Um, nationally, it doesn't look like we're going to have a really – heavily wet spring like we did last year and i know the
0: first planting season in a while where guys are actually pretty confident they
1: can get in the ground. it it is and it's a blessing um you know i still think the overnight temps are a little questionable um you know you want the soil temp to be about 55 degrees um you know honestly the best thing to do is um if if you're worried about soil temperature you know go out and, and take a soil temp or just go out to your field with a shovel. And if it's one o'clock in the afternoon and you dig out with a shovel and put your hand in it, it feels cold. It's probably too cold for corn seed. Um, you know, but I think it's going to turn around quickly. I really do. I think we're going to see some 80 degree temps here in the next couple of weeks, especially here in the Midwest. And I think it's going to be, you know, with all this stuff going on, it's going to be a big blessing to have, um, you know, I hope it's a bumper crop year. I hope it's a good year for, for crops. I know the markets really need it. So I just really hope that, that we have a good turnaround here with our, with our planting seasons. One of the
0: things that I've kind of of said on the record is, uh, I think it's just going to feel so good for guys to get out and plant because it's such a normalized thing, right? Like right. so much of everything about our lives. I mean, like, and I know ag's essential, and I know these guys are still working, but with all of the unusualness to our schedules and our lives right now, I think getting out and running corn planters will be a therapeutic experience for a lot of guys, almost. Right?
1: Yeah. And I mean, like, to that point, I mean. Everybody's going to be involved this year, right? I mean, fam, kids are home. Yeah, kids aren't at school. Usually, they're at school during planting. All hands on deck. Yeah, so I mean, it's a good opportunity for everybody to kind of come together and and hopefully, you know, I mean, we just we hope that it that it'll turn around. Um, hopefully, that there's some sort of market correction when this all yeah. goes back to normal. Um, and I think the thing that will help that. I was told not to kick that, and I kicked <laughs> it anyway. Um, Can, yes. Ho- hopefully, a, a bumper crop year, and maybe a little bit of. Uh, of sellable product to the market will help that.
0: Yeah. It'd be a, a nice win for people who need a win right now.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Well, so far everything's shaping up good. I know that the last several years in the podcast, this time of year, we're talking about flooding and yep. when guys are going to be able to get in. And it's going to be June before corn gets planted. And it's nice to have a year, even with as much negative going on, it's nice to have a year where so far knock on wood, uh, I would knock on this table, but I've been told not to as well. I mean, we yeah. talked about that, but, yeah. uh, It would be nice. It's nice to have a year right now in April where we're talking about people planting corn. And as far as I know, very minimal flooding.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would
0: completely agree with that. Well, Kyle, we did it. Yep. Thank you for being here. No problem. How's it feel to be back on the podcast? I'm elated. (laughs) (laughs) All right, podcast audience, uh, this is everything you ever wanted to know about planting population and flex genetics. Uh, If there's something we missed and questions you have that we didn't answer, uh, hit us up on social media. We will be happy to answer that. I I will give that question to Kyle personally. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and uh, and if you're if you're watching and you're interested in this as an audio version, and, and sometimes there's some audio extras that we do on our podcast that don't don't have video. Uh, you can find all of that uh, on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Google, literally anywhere you get podcasts. We're we're represented there as the MC Podcast. Uh, so. Check us out. If you're watching this, thank you for doing so already. Give us a rating, review, all that jazz. Help us out. And uh, we'll be back uh, two weeks from today, next uh, two, two Wednesdays, with another episode. Sound good? Good. All right.